Thank you for downloading the Parent's Guide to 13 Reasons Why podcast with Danny Huerta from Focus on the Family. For more parenting advice from Danny and other experts, visit focusonthefamily.com slash parenting. Hi, everybody. I'm Danny Huerta, Vice President of Parenting and Youth at Focus on the Family. And many of us have heard of the program 13 Reasons Why, and it's very popular uh, with teens and youth, and uh, it's opened up many, many conversations between us and our kids, our preteens and our teens. And, you know, self-injury is one of the things that is brought up in 13 Reasons Why. And uh, many of us don't dive into this conversation because it's so dark. It's uh, depressing, really. And many times it goes unseen. And in fact, one in five females and one in seven males uh, deal with this this issue. Probably many of those go unreported. There are many other cases that probably end up in a, in a very uh, significant hospitalization, possibly for a kid. And so this is something that's important to talk about. And on today's episode of Parents Guide to 13 Reasons Why, we want to explore this world of self-injury. What, what is it? What's happening? Why are the kids doing it? And we also want to equip you and uh, help you understand the warning signs and, and everything that goes around this and then how to help your child, how to help them understand what's happening inside of them, but also understand how to handle this. So joining me today are Focus on the Family counselors and friends of mine here, Glenn Lutchens and Christina Chismar, and both of whom have worked with teens, uh, enjoy teens. Glenn, you've had teens in right. your life as kids, and, and, and you, you've known and understood the pressures that they deal with and also all the dangers they face. So uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good Thank to be you. with you, Danny. So what is cutting? What is this? What, what is that? What, when I say cutting, what does that mean? Well, really, any, any form of uh, uh, using some type of item or object, knife, razor blade, uh, paper clip, needle, anything to cause physical harm in an effort to try to alleviate some psychological or emotional pain that a person may be going through. So paper clip, tell me about that. What, so cutting with a paper clip, what, what does that look like? Well, you, you kind of extend it out so you can get the point, and then you just start poking. Uh, sometimes there's kind of graduated efforts. In other words, a person may start with a paper clip or something and then go to something a little bit more intense, like a, a, a razor blade or a knife, and so it can increase over time. So it can time. be progressive, Absolutely. right? So just they start scraping. Why, right. would, why would a kid do this? Why would they cut themselves? Well, I think, you know, when we have emotional, psychological pain and people don't know how to express it any other way or they're not able to express it, having that that physical pain or that physical reminder can be a way of letting out that pain. Um, there's some thoughts that if I hurt myself, then I feel and then I have a a marker that reminds me of that I've made myself hurt. Are kids aware that they're doing this? Some are, some aren't. Uh, it just depends on how the kid is interpreting it or are the reasons that they're doing it. I mean, the reason for self-injury can be a million different things. It's not just cookie cutter. It's not something that we can say, oh, well, you know, this is why they're, a kid is doing this. It's um, Kids do it for a variety of reasons. Is there shame involved with this? There can be. Yeah, absolutely. So now let's say a, a child is cutting 
underneath clothing. Many times we can't see these cuts, right? Right. right. Generally, they're going to um, cut in areas that are not visible, like the upper thigh or the upper arm. Um, for girls, they'll often cut on their breasts or on their stomachs, um, places that you're just not able to see. And if they are on their arms, the cuts are on their arms, and they can cover it with a shirt. So a lot of times there's an effort to try to, to keep themselves covered in that way. Now, there are other forms of self-injury. I mean, I've I've heard of some, and I've seen some in, in, in counseling as well, whether it's bone breaking or head banging up in, into a wall. What are some other are, forms of yeah. self-injury? We see eating disorders. Um, we see excessive exercise. Um, uh, anything that somebody is doing to hurt themselves or... Um, cause pain to themselves, whether whether that's through something like exercise where you're exerting energy to the point where um, you're passing out or you're withholding food or um, being able to bang your head into right. the wall. Um, it, there's a number of different... Uh, we're now seeing a lot of people who are obsessive with a lot of piercings or tattoos. That mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that somebody is self-harming, but it is something that we see people who are intentionally self-harming use um, as a way to harm their bodies. So it has to be looked at um, or questioned. So in your counseling practices, what situations have your clients faced these kids, what have they faced that it's made them really want to do this to themselves? How have you seen this play out in your practice? Absolutely. Um, I have had uh, a couple girls who have cut on themselves in hidden areas as a way of feeling the amount of pain that it felt on the inside. So one particular girl had been uh, pretty abused in her family environment and she couldn't speak or she couldn't tell anybody but she hurt so badly on the inside that um, cutting herself was the only way that she could release that and feel better um, I've had a, another girl who was visible in her cuts um, and she wanted people to see because she wanted people to see how much pain she was in she wanted the attention she was asking for help and it was a way of of asking people for help um, by showing them that she was cutting on herself. And that's where social media becomes dangerous with this, yes. right? So tell me more about the, the, the attention getter with cutting that uses social media. What, what, what do we need to know as parents about that? Yeah. So you're, um, if somebody is cutting and showing it on social media, they're getting a lot of attention and a lot of, oh, I'm so sorry. No, please don't do that to yourself. We care about you. We care about you. Um, on the reverse, if somebody is being bullied on um, social media, they can get the opposite of, oh, you should start cutting on yourself. Oh, you've been abused. You should start cutting on yourself. You know, hey, post pictures. Let me see it. And then it becomes something that the person then has to prove to other people that, oh, I'm brave enough to do this. Let me show you. So there's uh, social media can work against somebody um as parents, quickly. we need to be actively involved in you what our kids aware. are doing online, right? Yeah. Let's be aware of that. What What are some warning signs that we can look for with this topic of self-injury? What What are the specific things, changes in behavior, things that we need to look for? Sometimes with uh, looking at what clothes a person may be wearing to try to cover cuts, Absolutely. I think is important, especially when it's out of season. If it's a hot summer day and somebody's wearing long sleeves, turtleneck or something like that, mm-hmm. that may be an indication that something might be might be amiss. 
You know, my son, we were, we were driving. I love to bring my kids mm-hmm. into all these stories because I, I love them very much. So we were driving down the road, and uh, we saw, it was like 95 degrees. It was very hot. And we saw a, a, a kid, a teenager right. with long sleeves and, and long pants. And he said, I wonder if that boy is cutting because we've mm-hmm. talked about that. Right. Uh, a lot of kids want to want to sometimes hide things when they're doing this, the self-injury and the right. cutting. And so helping our kids be aware of this is going to be really important as well because they can tell teachers, they can they can begin to look for warning signs if they don't themselves struggle with this. Right. So how do we teach our kids to be noticers in school so that they can help their, their friends uh, find the help they need? Absolutely. Watch for people who are isolating because it's very difficult to... Um, do these self-harming behaviors in a social atmosphere. So generally, these are going to be kids who are isolating. They're by themselves. They're um, not hanging out with their friends very much. And so when you see somebody that's really isolating, um, try and engage with them and and see what's going on. Um, Look for friends who may be depressed or just silent. Those kids who just, oh, they don't talk to anybody. Well, they need to. So engage with them in a conversation and see what's up. And even though a person may tend to hide the objects that they use for cutting, it's just good to be aware of, you know, are there some objects that might be used in a cutting way that could tell you that here here might be a concern? Mm, Great, great words. How can we help our kids not dive into self-harm as a way to handle life? How how do we do that as parents? That's really where giving them the appropriate opportunity to express themselves, just being able to voice what's going on inside, being able to talk with our kids about feelings. And uh, I think sometimes we can tend to shy away from that, sometimes because as parents, we may not be as aware of what's going on inside ourselves. So being able to talk about what do you, you know, when do you feel sad? When do you feel angry? When do you feel hurt? When do you feel disappointed? Just being able to give expression to that and being able to give them opportunity to voice themselves. I think and sometimes right. we have a hard time with the patience for that, right? Sure. We're in a hurry, we're busy, right. and right. feelings take a lot of time to talk through. Mm-hmm. Well, right, and it's really good. I, I tell parents right now, you know, now's a good time to play emotional charades on a family night, you know, to make sure that your uh, preteen or teen understands what what is sad? What does it look like on your face? What does it feel like in your body? Uh, what do you do with it when you feel sad? And how do you verbalize it with words? And I think, you know, it's really important that we teach our kids not only to understand what they're feeling, but how do we communicate it with words so that we can process it and deal with it appropriately? Because a lot of times as parents, we assume kids know how to do that when really they don't. Mm-hmm. It's hard to understand what's happening in there. And, you know, I, I, me as a parent, and I've, I've empathized completely with parents that have come to the counseling office with a child that has begun cutting and not knowing what to do. What if I notice my child has cut and we haven't talked about it and I see something, I see this warning sign, how do I start the conversation? How do I do that? Well, it depends on what kind of relationship with your you have with your child. I mean, some parents might say, hey, you have a cut on your arm. How did you get that? Um, another parent may 
um, just start to notice and say, okay, instead of, uh, you know, jumping in and asking about it, I'm going to start asking questions about, you know, hey, how are you handling emotions? What's happening with your friends? Are you guys, you know, able to talk or, you know, how, how's life going? If it's just one cut, being able to know that it needs, there needs to be some education in a conversation, but you don't need to overreact to one cut because your child may not be engaging in cutting as a harming style. They may have just tried it once. Um, if so, then we need to address it from an educational standpoint, help them understand the dangers of cutting, and then help them transition into how do I handle my emotions? What are some other healthy ways that I could positively work through um, my emotions in a positive healing way? And it's important for kids to feel like they have a sense of power. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of times when a person feels powerless, then cutting becomes a way of, of showing that they have some kind of power. So providing alternatives where they have opportunities to exert themselves. Uh, that could be extracurricular activities. It could be um, having a parent kind of tutor them in, in some ways if they're struggling in a class. But anything that empowers a child in a healthy way can counter, to some degree obviously, the, uh, the tendency towards cutting. Absolutely. And people, I I hear a lot of um, parents who are saying that they want to try and help their kids to feel more self-confident. And we know that self-confidence is built by having a child be successful at something that they want to be successful at. So you as a parent can't just say, oh, I think you're really good at this. You should go do it. It's asking your your child or your teen, hey, what do you want to be good at? And let me come alongside of you and help you. Mm, that, That... Coming alongside is so important. I th- even just taking a walk, yeah. uh, conversations one-on-one are so important to bring up the idea that uh, I really am in this with you, and right. I see what's happening, and I want to help you with it. Absolutely. This is one way that you can handle this, but hey, let me show you some other ways to handle this overwhelming feeling that you have inside of you, and uh, maybe we can we can seek some help for you if if we need to do that. Absolutely. And so anything that they can do to get out of the isolation and help their kids get out of the isolation is going to be positive. And if a parent is aware that the child is cutting, I think it's helpful for the parent just to simply say, you know, there's nothing you could do that would ever keep me from loving you. But because I love you, that's the reason why I want to ask you some questions or, or why the parent is raising those questions. Have you both been in situations where you've seen a recovery, either of you, from this self-injury Absolutely. issue? Absolutely. You know, I've seen uh, quite a few people heal from self-injury, and um, generally when we can give a person the tools to be able to deal with their emotions and give them a voice and give them the freedom to be who God created them to be, we see that self-confidence come come through, and then they don't have any reason to cut because the we deal with the pain on the inside in a, a way that gets it out so that they don't have to carry that anymore. The person that I was working with, we did some counseling. There had been some abuse in the person's life. And it really wasn't just the result of the counseling we did. The person was able to continue on because of a move. We weren't able to continue counseling. uh, But the person was able to really overcome their struggle with cutting. That's great. Ephesians 2 tenses says that we're God's workmanship, his masterpiece, is created to do good things that were prepared ahead of time for us to walk into what, what a great reminder. You both spoke into the idea of hope and recovery. It's a reminder that our masterpiece is created to do good things, and sometimes we forget that, right. whether we're adults or we're kids. And sometimes 
pain and other things jump on top of us and uh, we lose sight of that. And so I appreciate you both speaking into this. Now, how can a parent know when it's time to go seek a professional because it's out of their hands, it's beyond conversations, and we need some help before it gets worse? So I'd say if you've already had the conversation of educating your child about cutting, you've been trying to help them be more verbal and handle their emotions, but you're continuing to see cuts, then I think there needs to be an evaluation by a counselor. And if if your child's going to continue to injure themselves, a counselor needs to get involved so that there's some education about how to cut safely because a lot of kids who are not getting treatment and are just cutting on themselves may not be aware of safe places to cut versus unsafe places to cut. So there needs to be some education, not that we encourage kids to cut, but we really don't want them to accidentally kill themselves by cutting on themselves because they don't know. And so getting them into counseling is sooner rather than later is going to be safer for your child. Right. That's great. You know, as, as, as counselors, I want, I want everyone to know that coming into the counseling office doesn't put you in a contract that you have to be there for the next two years or a lifetime, right? Oh, no, it can be a one-time session to figure mm-hmm. out, is this a big issue? What Absolutely. do we need to do? It can be a problem-solving session yeah. with a family and that's important for parents to know. It doesn't have to get awful before uh-uh. you go to counseling right. office. You can figure out what do we need to do now because of this reality and make it really a, a, a positive experience for the child. And sometimes when kids hear of going to counseling, they think in their mind of this life sentence of being with a counselor forever. And sometimes I encourage parents to maybe ask the child or say to the child, if you went maybe for three or four sessions, just to be able to express what's going on in your life, be able to talk to someone, get to know someone a little bit. If you don't want to continue on after that, unless there's a really good reason why I'm saying you need to, then that's your choice. We'll let you decide. But a lot of times that helps them get over the hump of, you know, here's an individual and I don't know them and I don't want to talk to them. But if I can see it as kind of a short-term thing, it may be easier for them to, to agree to. Fire your counselor, right? There you go. That's what we want to do. <laughs> All right. So, Christina, Glenn, thanks for being on the show uh, today and, and for your words on Absolutely. this. Thanks to be with you. Thank today. you. And for you, our listener, be sure to check out FocusOnTheFamily.com slash 13 Reasons for more information on self-injury and ways to help your child. We hope that they're very practical for you, really in reality, so that you can apply those right away. And you'll find an insightful reference guide that captures all we've talked about here and much, much more. So again, that's focusonthefamily.com slash 13 reasons. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll talk to you soon.